Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to the Waterfall Wednesday edition of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. It's Nick and Dale. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. Did you get, did you get the absolute plastered? Last night I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't New Year's Eve. I, I didn't get it. It's like President's, I kind of, Day, I was President's feeling, Day observed, you know, whatever. Dude, I was, I was yeah, I, was, I just stayed in, you know, we got the baby and everything. And I, I don't know, I guess I was feeling like a little left out and like, I went to the gym last night, and then I came home, and on the way home, I stopped at the old Lumberjack Liquors, picked up some vodka, and then I just took it way too far, dude. Like, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was watching, I was watching Tacoma FD on Netflix, like, oh and then I was, God. I got up to go to bed, it was, and I was like, oh crap, whoops. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> this morning. This morning I was in not good shape for a long time. Oof. Oof. So, anyways, uh, how about you? Did you get drunk? Uh, no, no, I was. Uh, I did something worse than that. Um, I went to the Vikings uh, game. So. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. Uh, we got to hang out with uh, my daughter and bring in the new year. Then. Uh, that sounds the, like fun, though. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings game sounds like fun. I have fun at sports events because I have no skin in the game. You know, like, I don't give a shit who wins or loses. Well, then you I'm might just happy had, to be there. Then you might have had fun because that was my first time at U.S. Bank Stadium, and the stadium kicks ass. Like, it's pretty awesome. Sure. Vikings played like absolute dog shit and got beat by Green Bay in, you know, at home. So that sucks. What but, was the score? 
uh, 30 to 10, something like that. Something uh, so it wasn't even like an interesting game no, to watch? No, no nah, it wasn't. It was, there was that kind of stuff. Absolutely nothing interesting about it whatsoever. Damn. Yeah, it sucked. It sucked for major balls. But, like I said, had had fun after because the bar that my daughter works at is right there, real close to the U.S. Bank. So, And when oh, I got cool. there, she was off the clock, so we actually got to just hang out and uh, – and drink, so it was fun. But yeah, no, I didn't get I didn't get shit faced by any stretch of the imagination. Did you get any good waterfall related, hunting related uh gifts for Christmas? Um no, unless you really want to stretch it and say that the cocktail smoker that I got, you could use that as a cell, you know, to make celebratory smoked old fashions after a uh, successful day of field. Maybe I didn't know what you meant <laughs> when you said cocktail smoker. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. now now I know. Like, is that where you burn like a little piece of something and? Uh, yep, little wood like, shavings. Cover, and then you put the glass over the top of it or something. Well, my brother-in-law made this for me, and it's actually like it's a big box and has a sliding. Well, it's not glass, like plexiglass. So you, it's big enough for two glasses to sit inside. You shut it, and there's a little holes that goes in the back, and then it goes to a burner with a little vacuum pump in it or fan i guess and so yeah you, you light that up and it shoots all the smoke inside the box and you just let it marinate in there for however long you want to take it out and you have a nice smoke cocktail and it's, it's just fun because you open that door and the white smoke all billows out and it's pretty cool it's pretty fun i got uh oh i got a piece of high-end equipment i bought it for myself but then i counted it as my wife's <laughs> like christmas gift to me sure which is I bought like the snobbiest of snobby fucking hunting boots that you can possibly buy. Some Kuyu or something? Some Krispies. Oh, they're so snobby. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> I can't even afford they're to Italian. I can't even afford to Google it. <laughs> Must be Italian. Well, they uh they only retail them over at uh Shields. So oh, I had really? to drive to Shields and uh dude, I'm kind of like a I like nice boots, you know, yeah, and I've been having these last couple of years. I've had these Irish setters, uh, these with Gore-Tex in them that have just kicked ass and I, they're discontinued. And I even happened to find my exact size on eBay, like two years after they'd been discontinued. So I bought them used and, and, uh, they needed to get replaced and I didn't know, really know where, where to go. You know, it's like, I, my, the boots I love, like if I could just have bought, you know, 20 of those boots <laughs> and then just, yeah. you know what I mean? And just had them until I died. That would have been ideal, but I didn't. So I was, uh, I like a nice full, like full leather boots. I like Gore-Tex and I like uninsulated. And I went to uh, Shields. I know they have Krispies. I worked with some guys in Canada that swear by them. And uh, I went to Shields and I had on, uh, they, I tried on a Kenetrek which is kind of like a crispy competitor, which they also retail at Shields. It's like the only place I've ever seen Kenetrek, except Joe's and Roseville has those Kenna, too, I think. Kenetrek? Kenetrek is one. Spell that. And uh, I think it's K-E... Jesus Christ, for real. Oh, I'm looking it up. K-E-N-N... a trek is how it's spelled. Oh, that's that's not like a model. It's... No, 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 no. That's a different. That's a different brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This because yeah, it's what like came up was Crispy versus Kenetrek. Yes, yeah, it's a competitor okay, to, okay. to uh, Crispy. So I tried those. The Kenetreks are five hundred bucks. I try those, and uh, they're good. They feel good. 
They're full leather. Duck. They didn't have Gore-Tex. Yeah, so they had a Gore-Tex competitor. Three hundred ninety dollars. It looks like. No, no, I spent more than that. Oh, four hundred ninety dollars. <laughs> yes, that's exactly GTX, what I spent. Men's crispy guy GTX boot. <laughs> Dude, there it is. So I, what a I found uh, oh. a. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they look pretty bad dude they look bad i feel like a douche wearing them except my feet are anyway i had the kind of treks on and then i tried some danners dude and the danners were more comfortable than the Tenetrex and had full leather full gore-tex and i'm like nice i'm saving 200 bucks i'm getting these danners i'm like but I might as well try those Krispies. But did you buy I a said, $10 uh, can of the crispy waterproofing cleaning cream? Fucking of course I did. <laughs> 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 and the guy comes over with the 10 and a half Krispies, dude. And I slide my foot in there and I it like instantaneously, immediately knew I was buying them. I was like, motherfucker, those are so comfortable. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. I was like, so God funny. damn it. Now I'm back into the $500 territory, yep, and I yep. walked out with walked yep. out with a pair of very very pretentious guess, hunting boots. I guess that I guess that also kind of you know lets us know how you wrapped up your season. Sounds like it was pretty good, pretty pretty profitable. <laughs> oh shit! Um, <laughs> you know it was a weird uh, year, and I'm not. I haven't posted a lot of pictures of our hunts, but our hunts went really good. You know, I see a lot of guys. I see a lot of other. See a lot of other posts about how tough of a season it was. We got really lucky. Um, we just had we had we had good hunts. Yeah, really. I'm. I should give old Zach Brooks a call and see how things are down there in Des Moines because without any real weather to push these birds out. Oh, that's glad that just reminded me. I saw a video about and maybe you've seen this one too there's still a shit ton of birds apparently up like in saskatchewan like well, honkers that are just chilling because it's been so warm I'm sure there's probably still some up there there probably is every year maybe there maybe i'm mistaken yeah. but i mean this video made it sound like it's not usually that way because there was no snow and it was really warm and there's really nothing to push them out so they're just somebody else chilling. actually i did a call i did a calling lesson just uh before i called you and, uh, the person I was doing a calling lesson said they had seen a video of geese in Saskatchewan. It's probably making its rounds on the mm-hmm. interwebs or something. Yeah, it must be, yep. And everybody's going, ah, they're still in Saskatchewan. I imagine there's isolated pockets of giant Canada geese in almost every northern latitude that's going to have some some open water and some food source nearby. But I would I would think that it's not not a very high number of them. Although I wouldn't say that they are, that the mass migration of giant Canada geese could be anywhere close to as far south as they normally would be this time of year, right? It's really hard. That's that's, that's kind of my question. Is like I wonder kind of where they're all spread out because it, obviously some are gonna migrate down no matter what because that's just kind of what they do. Like probably you know all the the um, the little ones, right? The EPPs. They're probably in Texas or wherever the hell they go. And then, um, but yeah, there's maybe there's some giants hanging out because they don't have to. I mean, just, I just drove up in Twin Cities uh, this morning, actually. And they're like Clear Lake, just south of Forest Lake, is open. Like, it is not frozen, which is. It is. It's fucking wild. insane, dude. Which is it is, wild. Like, <laughs> it's wild. 
Like I, when I drove home from Canada, it was there was ice and snow on the roads in North Dakota, and uh, I got home and there was snow on the ground. This is like Halloween. I was like, you know, all right, cool. And then from that point, I never used my snow covers this year. I never did a hunt with snow covers on the blind, and I did like eighteen hunts at home. No, I did that. I did more than that. I did eighteen guided hunts. I did like twenty-one hunts. Never got never to break out the white box. The white box is gone, bro. Oh, what? Uh, I, I should have... I, I, <laughs> see you at the crossroads, dog. <laughs> Man, I felt like there should have been a ceremony. <laughs> I wanted to rebuild it, and then uh, there were some mistakes I made in my first construction of the white box. Um, if the listeners are unaware, uh, for a couple of years, I hunted out of a, a white styrofoam box that I constructed in for snow for snow hunting it worked really 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 good um message me reach out to me i'll send you the plans that i used that were in a 1993 wildfowl magazine blind article and uh yeah the white the white styrofoam matches snow better than any other non-snow thing i've ever seen in my life you know like the white is perfect and uh it's a fantastic hunting blind. I remember but the first I, time I tried using just a white sheet from like Walmart, got it out there. Per- that motherfucker was blue, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, blue or purple. It's like I'm like, that's not white. <laughs> I think that's a rite of passage. If you're a goose hunter, if <laughs> I would say like if you polled our audience, one hundred percent of us have bought a white sheet at Walmart. Probably like size let's just say a twin size yeah, bed fitted. Thinking we're getting off it, on the cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put it on our blinds and then, like, it's going to work. And then you get out there the next day, birds flaring like crazy, and then you walk, like, 20 yards away from it, like, ah, fuck. I didn't even need to do that, dude. Like, the moment I threw it down against a white background, I was like, that fucker's Uh blue. (laughs) What? I mean, it looked white when I took it out of the package. (laughs) Isn't it bizarre, like, how complex of a color white is? Well, it's technically it is all of the colors yeah uh actually one uh i remember uh me and phil schmidt one time would go into like a joanne fabrics or a walmart or someplace that was selling he would buy uh and i did this as well um actually before we just exclusively used snow covers we would put like a fleece material on the blinds and zip tie it once the snow came or whatever this would have been, you know, 20 years ago. And you can get, and that actually looks pretty decent. But here's a tip that he would do, um, and that I picked up from Phil, is, and you can use this whenever you're trying to find a white that's going to match snow, is he would bring in a can of the snow spray, like the Walmart snow spray, which also has a very, very good white color to it. It looks just like snow, right? And, um, so when we when we went up to like this fabric rack and there's like ten different white um, fleece like rolls of fabric that you can uh, choose between, he took that can of uh, white spray, that snow spray, and sprayed it onto his sleeve. Mm. And so like then he would hold you know hold his sleeve up and compare it and find which one was the closest to the actual white color. I said he was just going to then... spray each roll, <laughs> just a little <laughs> down in the bottom corner. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> the sales associate like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Just checking. Quality control. Call it quality control. I have a badge. 
Anyways, that's dude, uh, back you know, to the white box. Are, are we just going? Am I just firing off tangents after tangents? Yeah, pretty much. We. So, what did you do with the white box? You just disassemble it? I think we could have auctioned that thing off for like. Dude, I should have sold. I don't know why. I just, I just got it in my mind one day. I was like, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna get rid of this one. But I know how to build it in the future, and I just started like cutting it apart. I just literally cut it apart and put it into garbage bags and threw it away. What the heck, dude? Yeah, dude. And then I was like, I know somebody's like, why didn't you sell that thing? And I was like, ah, fuck, dude. I probably (laughs) just threw away like two hundred (laughs) bucks. Probably at least. I know, man. I was like, ah, you just signed it. Oh man, mine is only a uh, the one I had was only a two p or two man blind. And there are ways you can construct those um, to where you can kind of just uh, have unlimited walls. Like, I mean, you can make it between a two person and a 20 person, you know, sure, you just have yeah. to have enough panels. Right. Right. And, and I, had, I, I picked up a, and thought of some ways I would rather have it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get rid of this one. If I build another one in the future, I'm going to build it the way I want it to have it. But in the meantime, this one's just taking up space. I'm going to throw it away. So anyways, it was a weird year. Let's go back to the weather thing. So we talked about the weather. Then we talked about the box. Then we talked about snow covers. Then we talked about snow spray. <laughs> then we talked about fleece. <laughs> then we talked about fleece. Yeah, dude, it's just been a string of tangents here. Yeah, it's been great. I follow. I'm tracking. All right. So weird weather. Back to the crispy boots I did buy. <laughs> oh, all the way back. All the way let's back. Keep her, let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. <laughs> I did buy the waterproof, the waterproofing conditioning cream. It's in my hand right here. Of course I'm going to buy that, dude. I think I'm going to buy $500 boots and not try to take care of them. All right. Now, now let's close that topic. Move on to, oh, dude, speaking of gear stuff, I purchased this stuff called Tenacious Tape. Tenacious and it is, Tape. Tenacious tape. So I've with my Sitka gear, some of my uh, like my bibs, for example, my bibs have abrasive wear and tear issues on them, like where like my calves rub together or something, you know, or like they just picked up a little tear here or a little rip there, you know, like a little L rip, just small ones kind of all over the place or where the fabric has just been is just worn down. You know what I'm saying? My gear is getting kind of old. It's kind of used up, you know. And uh, I emailed Sitka, this was a while ago, I sent Sitka an email telling them, I was like, hey, I got these little abrasive wear and tear issues, um, and I had heard about uh, these patches, actually, called no-sew patches. And I asked, I just, my email was, hey, if I put these no-sew patches on my gear, is that going to void my warranty at all or anything? Because I don't want anything to void my warranty. Mm-hmm. And then the guy emailed me back, he says, nope, that's not going to void your warranty. And um, as a matter of fact, I would recommend using something called Tenacious Tape, and that's from GearAid. I think you can find it on GearAid.com. So I bought a roll of that and uh, have been applying it. So I went through all my gear. I cleaned everything, you know, cleaned all my gear. I put all this Tenacious Tape on all of my uh, – on all the little abrasive spots I had. One of my bibs, I put 11 patches on. It's like, holy fuck. The other one had probably seven or eight. And then re-DWR'd everything. Got some DWR up at GearAid.com. And, um, that seems to be a really good... That seemed to be a really, really good uh, 
fix for Tenacious my shit. Tenacious Tape Repair Tape. Quick fix for tears and rips. Tenacious Tape is strong and weatherproof tape that can fix tents, ski pants, and puffy coats. Available in clear and various colors. It's backed by an ultra-aggressive adhesive that won't peel off on technical fabrics. Instantly repair gear and make it machine washable after 24 hours. Six ninety-five for a roll. That's pretty dope. Yeah, $7. The roll yeah. is like... I put like 20 patches on. I barely even touched the roll. Huh. That that, that seems like something I need to pick up just to have around. That seems handy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is handy. It is handy. It's the, and it, that, that, uh, the, the color I got is like a field brown and it just like matches the camouflage of my, uh, bibs like perfectly. So nice. you really can't even, I'm not going to buy really new boots. Them. I'm just going to wrap them in tenacious tape. Yeah. It's waterproof. Dude, my, uh, that, those, <laughs> e, those eBay Irish setters I was talking about, the reason I had to buy crispies, dude, like, Dude, my left boot, uh, basically the rubber just started disintegrating on it. Oh, like it dang. must have, it must have just been a, a bad, uh, I don't know, a bad batch of rubber or something. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it just literally fell apart. Like within a few hunts, I was like, holy fuck! I isn't got that, a little. Isn't that how you I became a... a dad? <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I <laughs> never bought a condom in my life. <laughs> I had to clap eleven times. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the most i've known out of, out of all my buddies nobody's had it 11 i have <laughs> i'm just kidding so competitive <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to the weather now the weather we can get back into that topic it was a weird year yeah <laughs> i'm like okay i'm waiting <laughs> yeah it was, a weird it, was. Year. It, it still it continues to be i mean now it's a little more seasonal seasonable weather but still not much for snow really so it's kind of i wild. i had i had several fields that i i can hunt and i do hunt uh in normal years that i couldn't hunt because there was no snow like mm. there's just no there there was there were like cloud there's geese in them lots of geese and uh just nowhere to hide out there i'm like oh, i don't know where me and Freaking five clients are going to sit out there and not flare every single bird. So uh, I guess I'll keep moving. And there was there was like really, really good feeds on really good properties that I can hunt. And I never even picked up the phone to call and ask. So this, it's just so crazy. Is that where they like chisel plowed? Like, I know you hate to, to hunt those. Is oh, that kind of the yeah. deal. Like plowed to fuck. Like, oh, yeah, okay. super, super plowed. Super plowed. All right. Uh, what other tangents we got? Any other gear uh, stuff you want to talk about? Dude, I love talking about gear, man. Oh, that's good stuff. We could talk about gear. We could just have like the waterfall gear podcast. I mean, we've kind of done that in the past. Like, uh, I know we've done like new gear coming out, kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> but has there really been anything that like was that has come out that's like earth shattering? You know, like. I don't remember hearing any like hot thing at the game fair this year, like just an absolute must have kind of a thing. Uh, I don't know. The, the thing that's been on my radar is like first light is making a good, uh, uh yeah, first Light's making, making a good, good headway in their co- competition in the Sitka market. Yeah. The high end waterfall, waterfall, uh, camel. And I've been, uh, I've got some, of the merino wool stuff and hey for base layers question for you would you because i now i've i've got synthetic 
fabrics, like synthetic base layers, and I've had some merino base layers. Do you personally have a preference between the two? Not really. I I, I only have one wool base layer, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's first light. Um, but I honestly don't have any complaints about it. So what I do know is, like, I, I'll oftentimes throw on, like, as a base layer, the real thin, breathable, like a fishing shirt kind of a thing, long sleeve fishing shirt. Now those would be synthetic, right? Yeah, those would be synthetic, polyester, whatever blend, and it's supposed to wick away the moisture from your skin. But when I have gotten really sweaty in those things, you still feel clammy. And I think the benefit of wool is that, you know, it might not wick as well as the synthetics, but wool, even wet, still insulates. So I don't, you don't get the same clammy feel with wool. Like I can't remember any time wearing my first light stuff where I felt like got sweaty and and felt clammy. Mm. So I, you'd almost need to like pick a day and purposely like, all right, I'm going to run around outside until I get sweaty (laughs) on a cold day and then see how it is. And then go in, dry off, change, you know, repeat the thing. Cause it's all, you know, the day you wore one and wore the other, was it colder, warmer? Did you walk farther? You know what I mean? It's not exactly a controlled experiment. That's true. That's true. I think personally, I think personally I prefer synthetic, uh, base layers. Yeah. You got like the, the Sitka core lightweight hoodie. That's in my, that's basically something I wear every single day. And I just, I don't see myself switching. If I, if I do wear like a Merino, it typically is like over the top of the synthetic because the synthetics aren't itchy. Yeah. True. True. That is true. And shit. I mean, and also there's so many good synthetics out there. Like I'm looking at my rack right now. I've got uh, a Nike dry fit. That's great. Uh, The Under Armour. I got like the Under Armour, like 2.0s for insulative Coles gear stuff. That stuff's great. And it's been around for forever. The Sitka core lightweight stuff. That stuff's excellent. Like, there's such a good variety of, of like good synthetic uh, base layers out there. What's I think. your What's your favorite camel pattern for base layer? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, shut up, man. Because <laughs> you know I got them. You know I got camel base layers. <laughs> of I don't know. Now I'm now I'm like stubborn about it. Now I'm like everything I buy has to be camouflaged if I'm hunting. <laughs> well, you never know. You get a hot it's a hot afternoon. It starts cold, gets hot. You might be might be down to that base layer. I'm just an old school. I'm an old school guy, dude. Like I don't know. Like you wear camel when you go hunting. When I see that's base just... layers and I just see these fancy camel patterns, I can't help but chuckle a little bit. It's like that's oh yeah, funny. Like like some long underwear and yeah. Optifade. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Or even like just straight up, straight up like Under Armour or whatever, like boxers, you know, boxer briefs and their camel. It's like, okay, you just really like camel. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. I do really like camel. <laughs> Shut up about it. <laughs> uh, I wonder if, uh, what was it? Krispies makes $200 socks you could roll around in. Uh, they did. I'd buy him, dude. So Nick's gonna be out there with a leather patch on his elbows. I was talking to quick, another. Uh, I was talking pipe. to. I was talking to Jack Donner uh, recently. He's a guy I worked with up in Canada, and he works in Kansas. And uh, he said something like, uh, 
getting some gear called Nerona. I was like, Nerona? I've never heard of that. And uh, and uh, so I looked it up really quick, and they make like a Gore-Tex shell jacket. Well, I just went to, I just Googled it, Nerona, and I went to their website, and I see they have like a Gore-Tex shell mountaineering jacket it's one thousand dollars and i was like i want it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm looking at this stuff right now shut up yeah dude well this is they're showing people climbing icebergs and shit so yeah 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 like some mountaineering gear god bless america and you know it's legit because their zeros have the slashes through it so, yes, you know. exactly. It's like that Arcterex, like that stuff too. Like I don't know how it's. I don't even know how to spell it. Like there isn't even like there isn't even keys on the keyboard for how to spell this shit because it's like uh, like Italian mountaineering shit. But I did find in here in Nerona they do make a hunting parka. It is camouflage and it's like seven hundred and eighty dollars. And I was like, oh, dude. I have. I don't know a single person who owns this shit. I didn't read one customer review. I don't have any information on this. The only thing I have is a picture on a fucking website. It says it's Gore-Tex, and it's yeah. $800. Also, and I'm like, oh, I, wa- I want it. It's like, I just want it because it's, like, fancy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Their model is a serious NPC. I mean, it looks like a mannequin, but I'm pretty sure it's an actual human. What's that? The, like on their website, the model that's like just wearing the coats. Oh yeah, zero see, emotion. <laughs> it's literally like full mannequin pose, but I'm pretty sure it's an actual person. Unless it's, it could be AI generated, maybe. So they actually have like a, a hunting section in there. You should check it out. Oh, all right. We'll go to men. Yeah, by activity, by activity, they have hunting. Now tell me that hunting parka though doesn't look fucking that hunting parka. Kevin Harad, Finskogen. The Kevin Harad, that's what it is. The Gore-Tex parka, seven hundred fifty-nine dollars. Comes in two colors. One of them is camo, like old school military camo, and it looks dope. You gotta be kidding me with this stuff, Kevin Harad. It's all good. Kevin Harad. Isn't that sick? Kevin Harad. You gotta you know put that. Norwegian or Swedish or whatever it is in there. Oh, even the chick looks like a NPC mannequin. Oh yeah, that's old style like like army camel. Yeah, dude, yeah, like green dope, dude. I know, right? I kind of want those five hundred fifty. Right? <laughs> For pants, that's I, bro. That's what I love too about um just the whole the whole topic of gear is uh. It drives you. It's 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 so fascinating, and it drives people crazy. Like the the price of gear, and the just nerding out about the gear. Like, man, we sound like we sound like women. Like, you know what I mean? Like when we talk about it, we talk like uh, like a bunch of hunting dudes, big masculine sport, and we just sound like women talking about footwear and Gore-Tex and outerwear Maybe and cam camel versus sock. No, all of us on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. people have people have so much emotion invested oh, yeah. into it. Like they make like memes, people... anti Sitka memes, and can you believe I shot this without Ex- wearing Sitka? Like exactly, yeah, exactly. I don't know. The whole subject so fascinating. And then there's Nick's like, can you believe I shot this pile of geese without getting cold? <laughs> <laughs> 
there's no worse feeling than showing up to a hunt and then realizing like really soon after you got there that you underdressed, you know, like you're like, you look and it's like, Oh, it's going to be 47 degrees tomorrow. So you wear your 47 degree outfit. That's works great on all 47 degrees, except you neglected to notice that the gusts were going to be like 30 miles an hour. And you're or like, the, or the high temperature was at midnight and it's going to be dropping all day actually. So yeah. 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 The field, yeah. It's already 32 and everything's freezing. You're like, ah, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I did a hunt in Canada this year where I grossly underdressed, like just pure negligence and showed up to it. Like, Oh, fuck me dude and i like didn't bring my bibs and i we were doing a crosswind and an a-frame and of course who sits at the end that the wind comes gushing through me i just do everything wrong god it's a horrible feeling <laughs> well I've at got least, some... but thank god you had that camel underwear though at least, <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. you had that going for you <laughs> no kidding <laughs> hey well what are you gonna you going to do any um, guiding for spring snows this year? I don't think so. I think I'm going to be pretty busy with my new job, but I definitely want to get out there and, and do it um, recreationally. I won't be guiding, though. Unless you know, I somehow I think... figure out how to double dip. I mean, it might be, but I'll be fielding calls while in the field. Although most snow goose hunting days, I totally could do that as you sit there and just wait for birds. But I think I was on uh, Joey Vasallo's podcast recently. Well, I know I was. And, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, did you get? He asked me, vodka like, could drunk on that day too. <laughs> no, he did give me a bunch of those outlaw beers. Those things are all right. Um, free beers, like free pizza, man. Like it's fucking good. Hell yeah! I can't, I can't make a, a accurate judgment on beer if it's just given to me. It's delicious. <laughs> if I pay for it, if I pay for it, then I'll swill it around and be sure, like, do I sure, like? Sure. How does it compare to Bush Light? Anyways, I was and uh, he asked me on his podcast, uh, snow goose hunting tips, like any tips for spring snow goose hunting. And then I, I answered, I, I haven't listened to the podcast, but I'm pretty sure the only thing I said was save your money and your vacation and go to Canada between May 1st and May 10th, <laughs> which is a good answer. But I also thought it was kind of like a cop out answer, like, ah, there's so much, so much more I could have expanded on that, like, um, in terms of. Like, all right, well, what if I've got a, you know, for the guys that got DWIs and stuff, you know, like guys who listen to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was kind of a cop-out answer for, like, uh, um, I wish I would have gone a little bit more in-depth. Maybe we could do a little bit more on that, too. Um, do you have any Do I have any advice? tips, advice yeah. on spring yeah, snows? You're, yeah. For, um, let's, say, let's say United States... Spring snow goose hunting. What are some things that, uh, how would you do it? How would you do it to make life easy and to be as successful as you want, you know, to be reasonably successful? Have a gangster hide. Use a, use somewhere between three to 500 full bodies, decoys. Really? And an e-collar. Well, yeah. An e-collar, three to five hundred full bodies, and a good hide. We've been doing that the last couple of years, and it works really good. Like we, like the the birds we're shooting, or I say we. A lot of times, actually, going off of like my buddy Austin, he'll go out there and run a solo trip, and he always does really well. And that he has about like three hundred fifty full bodies. That's what he runs. That's not a. That's not unreasonable. Like mm -hmm. you can get that in like a fourteen foot trailer, can't you? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got a nice. He's got a pretty nice trailer, and um, yeah, he throws his wheeler in there and stuff. And he's got plenty of room in the nose for all the decoys. Pretty much fit right there. He's running SXs, which I really like, just because the stake system and the tail loops. It's so, so nice. In fact, a lot of times he doesn't even put all of his decoys out because it's just him, and he has some banger hunts and. It, you know, scouting, right? Finding finding a good spot, and he he doesn't just kind of feed. He usually ends up trying to find like where the root, you know, figures out where they're actually coming from, and you know, he does it right and picks a good spot. And I'll tell you, he's successful more than he's not. And a lot of times, he is by himself, so it is easier to hide one person than you know eight. Oh yeah, right? dude. So yeah, keep, keep that in mind. Um, that definitely plays a role, I'm sure. Hunting solo is one of the best things about it. Is uh, how flawless you can hide them yeah like most everything but i mean you know i've hunted over everything from over 2,000 sock decoys to you know right around 300 full bodies and i can honestly tell you that the success rate doesn't really change that much and in fact i think the full bodies and there might be something to the smaller spread thing is you're you're just standing out so much you're standing out by not standing out in a way because you're not running this giant spread, but you also don't look like every other spread out there. And right. The fact that they're full bodies, you know, it's like there's less to pick apart. It seems to really work, you know. You might not have like the draw power, but you don't have the repel power. You know, like there's a there's a repellent power that uh, when a goose gets used to seeing that 1500 socks in a donut hole shape, they get repelled by it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They don't, they will not, they won't see 300 full bodies set out and feel repelled by it. So they might not, you might not have that same draw power that sometimes you get, but I, I do feel like, like when somebody says the words that you just said, um, you're not doing what everybody else is doing. I think what you, a lot of that is, is you are eliminating the repellent effect. <laughs> sure. You know, you know what I mean? Like it, some of your tactics might not be the actual thing that draws them in, but you're just not repelling them is a good place to start. I think there's some truth to that. Cause I've seen just, I've seen it too many times, especially more so with socks and full bodies, but they get to the edge of, you know, unless they're coming straight down, you know, a legit migration day where they're trying to get in the absolute middle of your spread. You don't see this nearly as much. So they'll just hang up and leave. Maybe they'll do that. But if they're coming from a feed, something like that, I've seen it just too many times where they look great. They're on the deck, right? Their belly scratching in the field. And you're like, oh, this is just going to get so greasy. And they get about 15 yards from the front edge of your decoy on the downwind side. Neither elevator straight up or they go around. And you're like, dude, they were so close, and now they're at 90. Like, what the hell happened? And right. the decoys happened. I mean, the same thing that, just like you are saying, the same thing that attracted to them from a distance as they got closer, they're like, fuck these things. <laughs> it, was, it, it began, they began to be the repellents. Right, exactly. So if you can, if you're putting yourself in a good traffic spot, you know, where you're, you're, you think you have a, a reasonable chance of, of traffic and seeing birds just being over your field, there's definitely a less is more and there's definitely a more real is more element to it in my opinion mm -hmm. you know there's just like right. again if they're gonna if they're gonna skirt the decoys and you only have 300 out there well even if they try to skirt the decoys it, it might be too late you know depending on how you set them up or where you put yourself true true and maybe and one thing that i wanted to mention about like uh if i were to be doing it is don't be afraid to be to put some work into being a um either a jump shooter or a pass shooter 
I, I think sometimes it, it kind of gets a bad rap, but um, I used to work with these guys. Maybe I've told this story on the podcast before. I know I've told it before, but I used to work with a couple guys at uh, the old Carly Foundry that would go out to the Dakotas every spring, and uh, I really admired these guys, uh, and I really uh, – well, I don't know if admire is the right word. Yeah, I admired their – their hunting tactics that's for sure you know because they would go out there and just pass shoot and um they would they would put up some serious numbers dude like seriously seriously good numbers for going out there for four or five six days they had they did they would do several days where they'd shoot over 100 birds a day on just uh pass shooting and when i started talking to them about it like i realized that uh they are not just jumping into a random ditch and just whacking at a handful of snows that came over. Like they literally would go out there and they would scout the spots. Like they were scouting feeds, you know, like, are these the right birds? You know, is this a good epicenter? They had all these like tactics, like little tips and tricks that they had for scouting. And then when, uh, during the actual hunt, they had told me at one point, you know, if, if you don't have a good wind, that's blowing the shot sound away from the birds, that they would only take one shot at a time. Like, so it'd just be bang and that was it. So you wouldn't destroy the flight line. It's like, damn, that's really fucking clever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I, I always, and that's one thing too, that I was like, that sounds actually like it'd be a lot of fun to go hunt with those snows and go pass shooting with you guys. So So don't be afraid. I've done that same thing. And I would, and I'd say they're spot on with my limited experience with it. It's like, you need a windy day for that exact reason. Um, to blow your shot sound away oh, man i took there's this one this one day i was out there and i took it was perfect there was like this flooded creek so you know makeshift reservoir there it was absolutely shit stack with snows and they're coming you know the birds were just like bombing into it and they're just because it was so windy they're creeping out over this cattail slough that leads to it and i'm like i think i can get down in there so i took my time and i snuck all the way down in there and I got right to like where I wanted to be and all the, the, the whole thing just got up, you know, at first I thought, Oh, no big deal. They, you know, they get up, they spin around, they put back down, they do it all the time, except for, then I heard the report from the far end of the mm-hmm. thing. And somebody just my luck, right. I probably took a good 30, 40 minutes to get into position. Mm-hmm. Finally get there and some, some people jumped it from the other side. So, yeah, that kind of sucked. But it, it, it set up so perfect. But then, you know, I took a – that was one of the longest shots I've, uh, I've ever made, though, on that day. So there Hell was a yeah. pair that went straight as they were boogieing out, like one of the last remaining ones to leave. They were, like, straight up above me. Uh, I don't know what they were. They were up there, <laughs> 70, 80-something. I don't know. <laughs> and it's just a frustration shot. That's all it was. I just I pulled up on the one, put a big lead on it, pulled the trigger, and that thing, stone dead. Just got lucky. Hit the power button right through <laughs> – Right through the chin, out the top of the head. I was like, oh, no way. I was like, what the hell? That just happened. Oh, and you know, like all these, for nothing. Uh, another thing, like, that these guys I worked with, they would indicate to me, they were telling me, like, they didn't take long shots either, you know? Like, it, um, pass shooting doesn't necessarily have to mean sky busting, you know what I'm saying? No, it wouldn't have been. If that if it wouldn't have gotten jumped, if it wouldn't have shook out like it did, I think, you know, just because I sat there and I watched it from my trunk for the longest time. And I was like, man, it's just a steady stream of birds coming here. And they're, like, coming right up the gut where I could sit. I'm like, this is just perfect. And it was super windy, oh, like yeah. a 30-plus mile an hour day. Like, perfect. But shit happens. You know, I mean, I can be yeah. mad and I can say, oh, ditch pickers. But, you know, whatever. Maybe they shot 50. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they did. Yeah, who knows. But whatever. Well, dude, uh, let's wrap her up. All right. Sounds good to me. 
That was fun. Yeah, that was a good one. We'll uh, we'll chat next week. Buy some uh, buy some uh, Nick Johnson Signature Series Goose Calls if uh, if it inclines you. I got lots of different colors right now and both sizes, four sixes and four two fives. Reach out to me if uh, if you want a goose call. Is there still a spot available for uh, Oklahoma or no? Do you feel it? There is. We sold it. Nice. It's all done. Sweet. All wrapped up. But all right, man. Well, yeah, we'll chat next week. All right, dude. Later. Later. Bye. game in wild places tune in to hunt stand presents saturdays at 8 30 p.m eastern waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment Four in the morning, join me chef jean-paul bourgeois and the whole crew here at duck camp dinners every monday at 8 p.m eastern on waypoint tv birds up in the sky